Welcome to Dear Wallflower, your podcast advice column where every week your hosts will answer a letter from listeners just like you, answering the big life questions facing today's women. Make sure to stick around for our weekly recommendations on books, movies, music, lifestyle, beauty, and more. We're so glad you're here. Grab a cup of tea and come on in. Welcome, dear listeners, to this episode of Dear Wallflower. I'm your host, Kelia Clarkson. I am an actress, writer, filmmaker, and the editor-in-chief of Wallflower Journal. And with me today is my lovely co-host, Jessica Schroeder. I'm a writer and PhD candidate, a food blogger, tea drinker, and adjunct theology professor. I hope you're all thoroughly enjoying your 2023 so far, dreaming about possibilities and planning out what you'd like this year to look like for you. January is always such an exciting time if you let it be. We will be getting into this week's letter in just a few moments. But first, let's get into a pre-letter segment of the show called Roses and Thorns, where we recount our highs and lows of the week, starting with our biggest challenges or frustrations that week, and finishing off with a blessing or positive, hopeful experience we had. So Jessica, what was this week's thorn and this week's rose? My thorn this week was completing one of the jobs that I've had. So um, it was bittersweet. It was chosen. I decided it was time to consolidate. Um, You know, I had a lot of peace about that because I've had a lot on my plate this last season and continue to have a bit, (laughs) quite a bit on my plate. Um, But yeah, it's been a great group of people to work with in that particular department. And I had just a really incredible boss. So um, yeah, it, you know, felt in some ways good to finish up, but very, yeah, like I said, bittersweet and yeah, sad to, to Mm. be closing that door, so to speak, Mm. but I get to actually still work in the same company with these people. So I (laughs) I can walk downstairs into that hallway and say, hello. (laughs) Um, so yes. And then moving on to the rose, um, we got to see some friends that have been living in Scotland. They were back to visit for a little while and, one of them has a birthday next month. So his wife mm. threw a surprise birthday party for him. So we got to be a part of that with other friends of theirs and family and whatnot. So um, though I'm not much of a person like for surprises in terms of like, su- I don't want them to be thrown for me. It was <laughs> no. really fun to be a part of it um, for him. He like walked into this restaurant. He's like, I thought I was walking into someone else's birthday party. And then it's like, it's yours, you know? <laughs> so yeah, that That's was so fun. cute. And they had actually gotten sick when they first got back to the States. And um, I think this friend of ours was kind of sad that he's like, I'm not going to be able to see a lot of people because, you know, we're sick and we shouldn't go see a bunch of people. And his wife was like trying to like, like, I wanted to be able to tell him you're going to see your friends. Don't worry. But um, Mm. so that was just really sweet for him to get to see so many people all at one time. So yeah, it was cool to be a part of that. That's really fun. Do you know where in Scotland they live? They're up in St. Andrews. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. uh, St. Andrews. I, I hope I get to go there one day. Sounds like such a, a beautiful little um, fairy tale-ish land. <laughs> so I hear. <laughs> um, so for my thorn this week, I will have to preface this by saying that I recently decided to go back to school to pursue a bachelor's degree in counseling. <laughs> And of course, that's not my thorn. But what, <laughs> <laughs> but what is my thorn is some of the general ed requirements I'm having to take. 
I am so, so far from being scientifically or mathematically minded. It's almost embarrassing how not gifted I am in these areas. <laughs> I started falling behind in, I would say about fourth grade. That was, that was the beginning of the end for me. <laughs> so, um, I was having to take this science course and, uh, all through the first chapter, I was like, okay, this isn't so bad. Maybe I have gotten better at this since middle school. And then turned to chapter two and everything went downhill. And it was like this textbook was in a different language. So thankfully I was able to switch this class out for one that I think might be just a little bit more up my alley, but I have no doubt that this thorn will return in the form of other different general ed classes. <laughs> But on the flip side of this is my rose, which is the incredible gift of getting to go back to school for counseling, mm. which is something I've thought about pursuing for a while now. And one of the most amazing things is that before even beginning the courses, I had a bunch of random credits for a, from a, um, a junior college that I had gone back to uh, or gone to a while back that I was able to transfer. So that made it so that even before beginning, I was nearly halfway through my bachelor's degree. So that Sweet. was a huge, yeah, <laughs> that was an unexpected blessing, which is the best kind of blessing. All right. So a couple of things before we move on to our letter for this week. If you've been enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a review. It really, really, really helps boost the podcast and get it in front of other people who might get something from it and enjoy it and share it with someone who has a similar issue. And we would really love to encourage you to send in your own letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Or if you are on the Wallflower Journal page, you can go to our podcast tab and there's a little section for you to fill out and you can send in your letter that way if you're not the emailing type. We would love the opportunity to speak into the issues that you are facing today. All right, so let's move on to our letter for today, which is all about cultivating a love for femininity and how to instill this in our daughters. Here we go. Dear Wallflower, I am the mother of two sweet kiddos. My daughter is five and my son is three. My husband and I have discussed the importance of rites of passage as our children grow up. We would like to do something special when they turn six, 12, and 18 years old. And we have a lot of ideas for our son in regard to manly virtues and attributes, but have really struggled to think of what that should look like for our daughter. It feels like contemporary culture's ideal for women is for them to live and function as a man. And this is not the message we want to pass down to our daughter or son. We want to instill in our daughter a pride and respect for herself as a woman based on those attributes which are intrinsic to women. What ideas do you have for rites of passage in a young girl's life or what core virtues would you highlight to cultivate high ideals for a young girl to aspire towards in womanliness? Sincerely, Naomi. All right, Jessica. So what are your thoughts for our writer, Naomi, today? I think it is terrific, first, that Naomi and her husband desire to do this beautiful, intentional exercise of providing rites of passage for their children. And second, that they desire to carefully choose how they focus these rites of passage so as to instill in their children godly virtues and high ideals, rather than the vacuous notions that are too, offered, uh, too often proffered by, by the world today. 
while I certainly appreciate that history has brought us to a place in which women are more or less given the same rights and opportunities as men, at least in a Western and particularly American context, I can also understand Naomi's concern that the distinctions between men and women have all but disappeared in some people's estimation. Men and women are different, even while that we may admit that they are equal in worth and worthy of the same dignity and full status as human beings. What those differences are, however, between men and women can create quite a bit of controversy in more than one corner. Uh, Naomi uses the phrase, those attributes which are intrinsic to women. I'm going to be frank here in admitting that I'm not entirely sure what those are. Um, At the same time, I do believe that men and women are unique in more ways than simply their biology and ought not to be simply equated. To clarify a little bit more what I'm saying here, uh, when I'm when I say I'm not entirely sure what which attributes are, quote, intrinsic to women, I mean that I have seen men and women each display a range of virtuous attributes and often across traditional, quote, gender lines. I realize that this may not be popular to some listeners' ears, but I think there are some places where we need to recognize that there is not a hard line between attributes. For instance, my husband is very nurturing kind, and empathetic, all attributes that we tend to think of as feminine. On the other hand, I tend to be quite pragmatic, very action-oriented, and like to be heard, all things that are typically considered masculine. While I don't want to distract from the main question, I do think it's valuable to point out that men and women both ought to live out a range of virtues that are appropriate to both sexes. And each individual person may have God-given strengths in areas that may challenge, quote, traditional stereotypes. All this said, however, I do think that we can point in a general direction to help highlight some virtues and ideals that, while perhaps applicable to both men and women, may have a more particular resonance with and for women, especially contextually in our world today. Some core virtues and ideals that I would recommend seeking to instill in a young woman include belief in her own worth, value, and beauty without needing external validation, development of strength and courage to be who God has made her to be, again, without relying on any outward approval for that, the ability to sift through and discern truth from falsehood, So with the onslaught of media in our current context, and I only imagine that it's going to worsen over her developmental years, it is vital to learn how to spot twisted truths and how to stand firm in what is good, true, and beautiful. I would also add a value for what I would want to call that which lasts. Um, So valuing that which lasts over that which is fleeting. And here I mean things that provide lasting joy or lasting value, such as investing time in relationships, service, consumption of quality, media, etc., rather than the worldly pursuit of vapor that leaves us unsatisfied. And finally, I would say um, that she has a voice, a voice worth being heard, a voice that is uniquely her own, a voice that can be used to bring life to a hurting world. Now, there are so many other virtues and ideals that we could mention. Um, These are just some of the ones that came to the top of my mind. But I encourage you, Naomi, to write down a list of ideas and see what rises to the surface uh, as those which God has set in your heart most firmly, especially as you see who your daughter is becoming over time and what her specific needs are. 
Now for some practical ideas for rites of passage to help instill, uh, instill these virtues and ideals. And again, these, these are just ideas. You don't, don't um, have, to, have to necessarily do these or tailor them as are best for you all. But for the age of six, um, an activity that I thought of would be taking her to a special afternoon tea outing. So dress up and head out to a special place for afternoon tea. Maybe that's a, a local hotel or a cafe or an actual tea room that does that. And this is the tiered service with the dainty savory bites and sweet mm-hmm. treats. Um, this could be a special outing in which the conversation could be focused on teaching through and talking through um, different virtues that you hope to instill. Consider focusing on things like dignity, uh, the value of healthy relationships, the importance of learning and curiosity. And I would say at this age, um, and I'm not very knowledgeable about children or developmental stages, but this is just my sense that um, at this age, uh, aim to foster curiosity, to inspire, um, even to set lofty goals and paint a picture of what's possible for your daughter. The tea time is a special atmosphere um, that will hopefully provide a memorable setting in which these meaningful concepts can be imparted. And of course, then continue to talk them through over um, the days and years to come. For age 12, I would recommend an activity such as visiting a nearby city to attend either a play or a musical, or maybe the symphony or orchestra. Choose something holistic, something classic that highlights the good, the true, and the beautiful. I personally grew up having opportunities to attend shows like this, and looking back, I realized that these were a significant part of helping to form my taste with regard to the media that I consume, what I appreciate, and so forth. Moreover, I think that there's also value to visiting big cities if you happen to live in suburbia or a small town. Cities are full of complexity and are ripe with conversation starters especially at this um, kind of age. And overall, I think that this sort of outing helps to foster a value for cultural goods that are beautiful and of lasting value. It can help teach your daughter to have an appreciation for forms of media that are rich and thoughtful rather than hollow. And then another idea for this age, if you wanted to pair this along with it, and again, if you feel comfortable, is to allow her to start to use minimal makeup but with an understanding of its purpose and guarding against vanity or being overdone. So my mom gave me a very light eyeshadow and a clear mascara to begin using around this age. And it helped me to feel appropriately mature, um, I think without playing to my vanity or making me look too old for my age. And I think along with that, you know, it's a really, a truly rite of passage in terms of being allowed to then, you know, wear makeup. It's also an opportunity to talk about self-image about valuing oneself highly without seeking that external approval and considering insecurities that might arise concerning body image and and so forth. And lastly, in terms of um, this really incredible age of turning 18, you know, moving into the adult world, Mm. I thought of the idea of a words of wisdom luncheon. Mm. As your daughter prepares to launch into adulthood, Um, Consider gathering together a number of women who know her well and have acted as mentor figures in her life. Speak words of encouragement, affirmation, and life over her. Recount stories of how you've seen God's faithfulness at work in her life up to this point. Share advice about walking into adulthood, leaving home, beginning a career, and or a family. 
obviously don't wait until she's 18 to begin instilling those kinds of virtues. Um, but I, I think that this ac- activity helps to highlight certain themes um, that have to do with the worth or value that she brings to the world. The fact that her voice matters, that her skills are valuable, and all manner of words of advice to help to launch her into an independent adulthood. This activity is also, I think, a poignant reminder of the importance of mentorship throughout life. Not only does it encourage your daughter to look back with gratitude and see all those who have upheld her over the years of her childhood and adolescent development, but it also points forward to the continuing importance of keeping such supports in her life in years to come. I would also add that, you know, maybe at this luncheon, you can gift her the book Unseduced and Unshaken by Rosalie de Rosé, which I have recommended in a previous episode. And Naomi, I would suggest getting it for yourself in the meantime. Uh, Read it and consider what age appropriate applications you may apply along the way for yourself and alongside um, your daughter. As you have shown us all, it's never too early to start thinking about how to help your daughter grow into the young woman you hope that she'll become. Thank you, Naomi, for inviting us to weigh in on this laudable endeavor that you and your husband are setting off on with your with and for your kiddos. I hope that some of these ideas might resonate with you or at least provide some more fodder for consideration as you prayerfully consider what is best for each unique child. I absolutely loved your specific ideas for each age that Naomi mentioned. And I also um, second every attribute and and virtue that you mentioned. They were all absolutely wonderful. Um, First, let me give our writer props. This is such intentional parenting. And I have a feeling a lot of parents listening right now might be inspired to follow suit. I am even excited thinking about what I will do for my future children. So before I get into specific ideas, I want to talk a bit about how deeply important, significant, and influential having rites of passage that are tailored to us uniquely is. Rites of passage are really important markers of the journey of growth and maturity and becoming an adult that we are on. And unfortunately, today, even within religious communities, we have lost a lot of the appreciation and practice of rites of passage. And there are perhaps more um, common rites of, pro- uh, rites of passage for boys, but really across the board for men and women, the concept and implementation um, have largely, largely been neglected and therefore lost. And one of the things we see happening as a result of this is a prolonged adolescence. Many use the term Peter Pan syndrome to describe this, which is really more in reference to boys but there's an equally harmful phenomenon for women and girls that's taking place within today's young generations. Because we are inherently story-oriented beings and we no longer have these markers that that define where we are in our story that usher us into greater responsibility in the story that we're telling and living out with each new day. Like when we watch a movie, We're expecting certain things, whether or not we know it, based off of where we are in the story. If we're in the beginning, we are looking for clues that set the stage for the rest of the movie. If we're towards the end, we're waiting for that, what they call the all is lost moment. And without rites of passage, it's like we don't know where we are in the narrative of our life. And therefore, we don't know what to expect or what is expected of us. 
And this leaves a lot of young people with a muddied understanding of their position in the world. We constantly hear about youth being pushed further and further and people getting their lives together later and later. We see that, um, you know, 30 is the new 20. And while not having rites of passage are not entirely to blame on this um, in this development in society, there's a component to them that is really important. And choosing to stop and recognize and celebrate one season ending and another beginning is invaluable and necessary to our growth. So I would like to get into some practical ideas for our writer's daughter. This is such an amazing opportunity for you to help your daughter engage with the story that she is telling with her life. And so I think something that could be really meaningful to her is having some sort of ceremony during which you all, meaning the family, gather around and take time to recognize her past, where she's been, how she's grown, what got her to the place that she now finds herself in, what she is leaving behind and celebrating that, and what the future holds, what lays ahead, the new responsibilities she's now taking on and the rewards and triumphs that lay ahead because of that, and the strength that she has now garnered that will ultimately lead her further into her story. And taking the time to very specifically address all of her areas of growth will really help her feel like she is starting a new chapter. And another idea, which Jessica said as well, which is so funny to me, is to organize a tea party. Why not? <laughs> or, yeah. <laughs> I, I would have loved a tea party. That sounds so much fun. Um, or just something to that effect. Maybe she doesn't like tea, but something to that effect to, um, and invite her closest friends that this is of course, when she's just a little bit older and, um, have everyone go around the table and speak into her and highlight a way that they have seen her grow and change over the past, however long it's been since the right, uh, since the last rite of passage gathering. Um, it could also be a weekend away. Maybe up in the mountains if you are outdoorsy, or it could be a road trip or even a trip to another country where you and she, mother and daughter, can go away and reminisce on fond memories of who she's been and cast vision for whom she can become. Again, this is probably when she's a little bit older. I think um, Jessica's idea to do a tea party when she's uh, very little is a wonderful idea. Um, but my mother-in-law did something very similar to this. So when each of her children turned 15, she took them on a trip all on their own to Europe, where a couple of decades earlier, she had served as a missionary. So she could show them where she had really grown into herself and her story and walk down the same streets and go to the same cafes, et cetera. And they could talk about the future together. And for my husband and his siblings, this was a really pivotal moment and, and rite of passage. And I think you could also add something physical to mark each occasion, a ring, a necklace, a fancy tea set. We love tea on this podcast, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, just that kind of fancy tea set that you would like sit up in the corner and be like, this is really something I'm going to hold on to for years to come. Um, even like a portrait, I think would be really fun. Um, whatever you think could be meaningful to your daughter. But the point is 
that it's something she can always look back on and remember and even hold and touch as the symbol of a new beginning of her journey. And maybe even one day she can pass it on to her own children. Now, to wrap this up, I want to highlight a few core virtues that I really believe are meaningful for every young woman to learn, every man too, but we're talking about women right now. And I second everything that Jessica um, first mentioned. And the ones that I'm going to mention are um, intelligence. That's number one. God created each of us with an incredible capacity for thought and vision and purpose. And how amazing is it that we have that? He wants us to ponder him, to question and wrestle ideas and to be curious and to have something to add to a conversation. This is really what motivates me to read every single day is to have something to say. Another virtue is kindness. I truly believe that kindness is one of the most godly characteristics because contrary to how the popular saying goes, I think kindness actually does cost us. It requires us to have a soft heart and a compassionate posture. It requires that we think twice before speaking and we take the person across from us into account. And another virtue that is crucial for young women that is sadly not always encouraged is tenacity. Amen. God, (laughs) yes. God created us with unique talents and purposes, and he wants us to cultivate and pursue them all the days of our life, not bury or hide them. I will close all of this by saying that what our writer wants to do for her children is incredible. And I applaud her desire to instill these virtues in them and create rites of passage. And I wish her the best of luck in doing this. It is now time for our maybe suggest segment of the podcast where we suggest to you the things that we have been reading, watching, eating, or wearing this week that really brought an extra dose of joy to our days. Everything we suggest will be linked in the description of this episode for you to check out. So Jessica, what is your suggestion this week? This week, I would like to recommend my favorite mascara, which is from the brand 100% Pure. The full name is um, their fruit pigmented. Sorry, fruit pigmented. <laughs> to be, prepare myself for that. <laughs> fruit pigmented ultra lengthening mascara, which comes in several colors, which are cleverly named black tea, blackberry, blueberry, and dark chocolate. Uh, I typically use the purple or blackberry most often, and not only is it made with terrific uh, natural ingredients, it also smells so good. Mm. It smells like berry jam. Wow. So it's just, you're putting it on like, oh, it smells so good. <laughs> it's truly delightful. Um, I've also used and enjoyed their their black one. I just, I think the purple is a nice for like kind of an everyday light lighter look and the, the black is a bit darker, but 100% pure. Great mascara. Lovely. We are both suggesting makeup this week. That's funny. That's, that's really funny. I guess, because I was thinking, what are things that I would suggest also to, to young women to go, yes, I, I love being a woman. So that mm, <laughs> it's fitting. Yes, it's very fitting. Um, so this week I am suggesting a tinted lip balm that I recently discovered and absolutely love. It's from CoverGirl and it's called the Clean Fresh Tinted Lip Balm. And I love using it in the shade Bliss You Berry. It's this beautiful, deep berry shade that I really think is just perfect for winter and also fall. 
but definitely winter. But it also comes in a few lighter shades as well. So you can definitely use those in the spring and the summer as well. And it's really shimmery. It's really soft. It keeps your lips hydrated and it's very buildable, which is great. So you can kind of decide like how, you know, bold do I want to be today? And the best part is that it's $5 for a tube, (laughs) 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 which for how much I love this um, product really feels like a total steal. So definitely go ahead and check out the clean, fresh tinted lip balm from CoverGirl. So to wrap up this episode, Jessica, how can listeners find and connect with you? Listeners can find me on my food and lifestyle blog, thisrealjourney.com and on Instagram at Jessica J. Schroeder. And if you want to get in contact with me, you can search my name on any of the socials and reach out. And of course, check out Wallflower Journal, where we have new articles coming out every week about relationships, beauty, recipes, personal stories, and so much more. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Dear Wallflower today. If you have a question you'd like answered, you can send your letter to dearwallflower at wallflowerjournal.com. Every letter we read will be kept totally anonymous. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week.